I mean, it's shocking to me how much emotion is held in our clothes and our connection to that. And, and that's what makes it so hard to let go and make those decisions about what to do with it. I'd like to welcome Courtney Carver to the Productivity Podcast. Courtney, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I'm feeling like this is going to be uh, an interesting discussion because a lot of people will say, okay, Mike's not a, like a minimalist per se. And I think there's that perception about you as well, which we want to get to because we've, we've talked before, you know, you've, you've got the book Soulful Simplicity, but I'm excited to talk to you about a, something I've done before, like something that most people wouldn't think that I've done before. And you know, I've discussed it before. It's, it's, it's your new book. I've actually done the thing in this book. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to bringing it to everybody. It's Project 333, The Minimalist Fashion Challenge That Proves Less Really Is So Much More. That's your new book. And I'm excited that this thing's up because I've done this, this, can you explain, and I know that you, everyone in, and their uncle has asked you, you know, this before, but just for the edification of my, my audience, uh, what in the world is Project 333? I'm actually really excited that we're jumping into this right away because when my first book came out and in other interviews that I've done, we talk about other things, but this always comes up and we always want to go here. And now we don't have to talk about anything else if you don't want to. <laughs> we can just talk about what people really want to talk about, which is Minimalist Fashion Challenge Project 333. And it's a, as the, the title suggests, a fashion challenge that I created in 2010 to get a handle on my closet and to really determine what enough means to me. And I'll just quickly tell you the rules and then let you ask me any questions you have. Um, but very simply, the rules are to pick 33 items, including clothes, jewelry, accessories, and shoes for three months and get everything else rounded up, boxed up, and hidden for that time period so that all you're looking at for three months are the 33 items that you pick to live and play and work in. So let's, let's d dive into this. Uh, one of the reasons that I, I was excited to talk to you about this is because my perception of this is that it's largely a challenge that is done by women, right? That's just the way I looked at it right out of the gate. And when I first came across this, when, when you, I mean, we've known each other for years now, but I thought like, I don't think this is not something that's like exclusive to women at all. But for, for me, it just seems to be, I think a lot, a lot of men, at least from my, from my vantage point would be like, ah, I don't really need to do this sort of thing. But I gotta say it's, it's not exclusive. It's not something that's like, okay, women can like, women are the ones that are going to do this. Guys don't need to. I mean, I, there's plenty of reasons that guys should do this kind of thing. Right. For sure. I mean, men, women, children from around the world have tried the challenge. I think people assume that women have, more stuff in the closet than men. Right. But I've heard from quite a few men that when they really actually counted, they were far above that, that 33 level and had some things to learn about what they really wanted and needed in their closets as well and lives. So, yeah. And let's talk about that too, because it's not, I mean, people are like, okay, great. So my closet is clean, but what, what effect will that have? beyond this, you know, beyond that. Um, but there are farther reaching, uh, you know, kind of side effects for or, and benefits of taking on a challenge like this, right? Yeah, I suspect if it were just about an organized closet that it would have kind of faded out a long time ago. But this has been going on for 
10 years now and mm -hmm. people are still coming to it brand new and redoing it and being really excited about it because again, it's not just about a clean closet or being organized. Um, God knows I would have lost interest long ago because organization really isn't my thing, which is why having fewer items to choose from really serves me. Right. Right. Well, decision fatigue is a huge role. Like I've talked about this before where, you know, you go into, uh, you know, I use this example a lot. You go to a Costco to buy ketchup. There's three sizes of ketchup, all one brand. Either you buy that brand. If you don't like that brand, you don't buy it. Or you buy either the big tin, the small, uh, the small packets or the three pack. If you don't want any of those, you don't buy ketchup. And what that does is then when you're walking down the book aisle of Costco and you see Courtney's book, you're like, Oh, Oh, I'll buy this book because your your decision fatigue is not as great because you've you've not been forced to kind of look at the forty three different types of ketchup that you could have possibly picked up. Instead, you're you're limiting that, and I think that's one of the one of the benefits of this too, right? Of course, you're making me really happy. I don't like ketchup, <laughs> <laughs> and I try to stay out of the cereal aisle as well because that's even worse. I yes. mean, just, it's outrageous. Soda pop, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's it, the idea. It's actually pretty funny when you think about it, this as a bit of a sidebar, but when people say, if you want to eat healthy, go around the outer aisles of the grocery store, right? You know, go in the middle. The, the other reason is the middle does, it does have like, Oh, look, here's all these cookies. Oh, well, which cookie should I have? Like your willpower just gets drained. I'm a, you know me, I'm a big believer in willpower. Um, what I, I have some questions about this though, because I think a lot of people, when they look at a system, they're like, oh, this, these rules seem hard and fast. Like, what if I'm a sports fan? Like as a guy, like I, I like well, girls too, like I've got jerseys, right? Like that I wear only during those seasons, but I don't wear them any other time except for like when that team is playing. Right. So are there, are there, um, they're kind of, uh, subset rules or kind of, uh, hacks for lack of a better term that you could do to kind of make this work for you a little bit if, if, if that's the kind of thing that you need there's actually a chapter in the book called unruly which is all about how to break the rules i needed some really strict parameters when i started because my closet was so out of control and i was kind of you know overspending on items that i didn't wear i, I had things in my closet with price tags still hanging so I needed something very clear. I only meant to do it for three months. I didn't think it was gonna continue. I didn't know so many other people would be interested, but now that they are, and I see the way other people are modifying the rules to make it work for them, I think it's really important to consider, not only for this challenge, but for everything in life. I mean, mm -hmm. so often we'll look at something and we'll think, oh, I could never do that, and we just throw it out. But if we were to modify it just a little bit by saying, well, I'm not going to count my sports jerseys or for this first round, I'm not going to count jewelry or because I work in a hospital, I'm only going to count my uniform as one item. Things like that, that you can make these small adjustments to make the challenge work and still experience the benefits is so important. And it gives you permission, again, to do that everywhere. What are some of the, I mean, you mentioned the book, some of the success stories. I mean, we go through some of them as, as you go through the book, but uh, what was one of the ones that you heard that, you know, either that's in the book or that you came across that maybe you didn't make the book that you're like, wow, that was, that's really kind of something I didn't anticipate hearing from someone. Well, after I did the challenge, there were some things that I did anticipate hearing from people like my mornings are way easier. 
I'm experiencing less decision fatigue. I am enjoying getting dressed more than I used to when I had to pick through items that I didn't enjoy wearing. What I didn't anticipate and what I so love hearing is that people are suffering less from anxiety and depression. Um, People are friendlier within, you know, their own families. They're noticing that just reducing the, you know, some of the anxiety in their life impacts their relationships, impacts how they feel on a day-to-day basis. Uh, People expressing that they have more confidence in not only trying other things, whether it be a challenge or just trying to figure out what's best for them instead of listening to all of the voices around them, but really trusting themselves to decide what's best for them. Um, But also just feeling better. I mean, this is something that I didn't anticipate because I was so, I was just looking at it in terms of closet and clothes, but I quickly realized it has very little to do with that. I mean, once you pick your 33 items, what you're doing is freeing yourself up to enjoy everything else in your life and not have to focus on something that you probably don't care that much about. I mean, I know some people do. Some people are very into fashion mm-hmm. and that is exciting for them. That's amazing. I'm very happy for them. But I think for the most part, we're spending our resources, our money, time, attention, and energy on things that we don't care about. Right. Well, and one of the things that, one of the byproducts of this for me was, you know, I I have, you know, a set of rules that I you know, I've applied. So I've, I've done some unruliness to this to a degree. And actually it's, it's, it's interesting, like with any system, and and I want to discuss this with you because I'm sure you've had this happen as well to a degree. Um, And maybe not, I'm making some assumptions here, but uh, we recently, like I've gotten in better shape. And so some of the clothes that either didn't fit me before now fit, but also there have been new clothes brought into the mix because they fit me better. Like, you know, there is, you know, because I've been doing this for so long now, I would say, gosh, almost, I want to say almost two years. Like, you know, uh, there, the, when something new comes in. So for example, um, my brother-in-law just picked up a couple of Merino wool, like nice long sleeve shirts, which are, they, they fit me better. They feel nice. I'm trying to get away. I'm trying to dress more like an adult, I guess, <laughs> things, as opposed to having these like vision and Ant-Man t-shirts. Now I've got like these nicer clothes, but time I'm 40, you know, almost 46. Uh, but they came in and that, and I'm looking at my closet and I just did like project 333 a couple months ago because we shifted seasons. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I, I now have these extra two items and I'm getting this, uh, this nervous energy around like, Oh no, there's too many things here. That's not the, that's not the the purpose of this. I just want to, I, I want, I want people to hear coming from someone who's done it and I'm adding something new. What do you do when you add something new and you're like, Oh no, I've now I have too many items. What do I do now? I think it's different for everyone. I think we deserve to wear clothes that fit our bodies and our lifestyles for me, because I've noticed such amazing results and because I'm kind of, you know, sharing this as my experience, I stick pretty close to the rules. Uh, I I would say actually a hundred percent of the time, Mm -hmm. um, other than something like, so maybe it's not a hundred percent because I'll break the rules in saying that I have a stack of bracelets that I count as one item, um, where if you were really going by the rules, you would count each individual bracelet. 
But in terms of clothes and bringing new clothes in, when I do, and I do it way less than I did for the first few years of this challenge, when I was really trying to figure out what was best for me, now that I know, I sort of just replace things. So if something does come in, it's generally replacing another item. And so it's, I, I don't think in the past 10 years you would find more than 33 items in my wardrobe on any given three months. That's not to say that there's magic in that number 33, although it's incredible how often I'm walking and see the address 333 or see mm. the time 333 when I look up. It seems three, to be three everywhere. Is magic, three is a magic number. They say it, right? Like, so there's three of them there. Three is a magic number. Well, it's everywhere <laughs> in my life, especially <laughs> now with, with the new book. But um, for someone else, the number might be 37 because of where they live or what they do for work or what their lifestyle is like. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, we're going to take a break from the conversation, but when we come back, I'm going to ask Courtney what to do when it comes to being given gifts and receiving them. How does that factor into Project 333? How does someone make this work so that it has momentum going forward? Whether or not you take the weather into account and uh, the sentimental value of clothing, all that stuff. We'll get into that right after I talk to you about a few things, one of which is a service that I use that allows me to focus on creating original pieces of content and writing because I don't have to worry about all the other things that I type regularly because I'm saving time with Text Expander. So you can save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. Text Expander uses something called snippets and they can be simple like your phone number or more complex like customizable long forms with fill in fields and automatically calculated dates. Text Expander works everywhere you type without special plugins. You can use an email like I do all the time, word processors, spreadsheets, web apps and services, another place I use it a lot and much more. Now I want you to start using Text Expander today. So what I want you to do is visit textexpander.com slash podcast and you can get 20% off your first year. You are going to save time, energy, attention. You can focus on the writing that you need to focus on because all the repetitive stuff is taken care of thanks to Text Expander. So again, visit textexpander.com slash podcast and save 20% off your first year today. You've probably heard the term inbox zero before, and if you haven't, well, don't worry about it because it's a thing of the past. You see, we're all so inundated with email now that it's no longer about responding to everything. It's about responding only to the important things. 
the messages that truly matter. And that's where SaneBox comes in. Think of SaneBox as a robotic Marie Kondo for your email. As messages flow in, SaneBox does the triage for you, leaving only the important emails in your inbox and directing all the other distracting stuff to your Sane Later folder. So you know what messages to pay attention to now and what stuff you can get to later on. SaneBox also offers really cool features like Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from annoying senders that you never want to hear from again, such as those newsletters you may not have signed up for in the first place. There's also Sane Reminders, which can automatically remind you when you need a follow-up email. My reply rate is actually 85% because of this, so nothing falls through the cracks. You can snooze emails, and that's another way to de-emphasize less urgent emails, and that way you can read them when you want. I use this with my three-mail workflow all the time. And here's the thing. They have on Twitter, and I'll share this with you in the show notes, the Inbox Zero Heroes, and it's really cool because you get to see how well people are doing with SaneBox in their productivity toolkit. Now, I want you to take advantage of what SaneBox has to offer, and they're offering a special value for productivity of podcast listeners like you. Go to SaneBox.com slash timecrafting, and you can start your free trial and get a $25 credit. Again, that's SaneBox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash timecrafting. Start using SaneBox today and become an Inbox Zero Hero yourself. Once you've taken care of project 333, now you can take care of another project. Maybe that's going to be leveling up in your career or taking on an entirely new area in your education. And you know who can help you with that? The UCI Division of Continuing Education. The UCI Division of Continuing Education has courses and certifications in a wide range of categories from business and leadership to IT, project management, and so much more. There are over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs on campus and online, and they're designed for the working professional like you. Online courses are taught by expert instructors with industry experience. They offer flexibility and a real immersive online classroom experience. You can even collaborate with your peers. UCI Continuing Education can help you gain the edge in your career or help you launch a business. It provides you with the flexibility to stay on top of your game in your current role while preparing you to level up. There are certificate programs and specialized studies programs available, and these certificate programs offer an in-depth body of knowledge to ensure you gain mastery of a particular topic. Specialized studies feature shorter, more concentrated curricula for those short on time. Both are distinctive achievements that can help prepare you for career advancement or transition, and you can advance your career in as little as six months thanks to the UCI Division of Continuing Education. Now, spring registration is now open. So visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING for 15% off of one course. Now, that discount is for almost all of the certificate programs. The exceptions include coding boot camps, international programs, teacher credentialing programs, and test prep courses. But everything else is fair game. That's ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING to get 15% off of one course. Now, this offer is only valid until July 31st, 2020 at 11.59 p.m., so you're going to want to take advantage of this while you can. Again, that's ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING to get 15% off of one course today. Okay, now it's time to bring up and recommend my Productivityist podcast pick of the week, and it's Naval. Uh, Naval Ravikant is a really, really smart guy. Uh, my friend Srinivas Rao recommended that I listen to the podcast back in the day. And there was an episode called How to Get Rich. It's a very long episode. I think it 
ends up being three hours. But then there are other episodes that he has that are, you know, a minute, two minutes, three minutes long. So he's not making uh, incredibly long content. As a matter of fact, that How to Get Rich Every Episode is literally all of his thoughts around it. Uh, he talks about wealth and happiness. That's the crux of it. I find it absolutely fascinating. If you're looking for a quick bit of insight every single week, I recommend Naval, the podcast, and it's my productivity as podcast pick of the week. All right, now let's get back to my conversation with my friend Courtney Carver here on the Productivity is Podcast. Gifts. Let's talk about gifts. So um, I've been fortunate enough to have an advanced copy of this book to look at. And we're, we're approaching the holiday season as we're recording this. Um, there's two, two distinct times that you're going to talk about right now. It's the holiday season as I'm recording this. Gifts are coming in. What, what does that look like? How does that, how does someone, if they're doing this challenge and maybe not being super public about it, and yeah, let's say my brother-in-law bought me those two shirts or somebody buys you a new, you know, a wearable or something like that. How, how would someone, when they look at that, and I know you're going to say it's, it's, it probably, per, again, it's, it's how you decide to take it on, but can you give us some tips for people who are like, Hey, you know, oh my goodness, this person has picked up these gifts for me. Not only do I not want them necessarily because I'm trying to do this, but also like, you know, where do they fit in? Well, for starters, I think choosing what we wear on our bodies, what material is touching our skin, how we move through the world in our clothes is deeply personal. And for that reason, I'd like to suggest a new rule or maybe even a, an international law that adults stop buying adults clothing. Like, let's not do that to each other anymore because most of the time it's a fail. Yeah. We don't really like what other people buy for us in terms of clothes and we don't know what to do with it. And we feel compelled to even wear it because we know we're going to see that person and they're going to perhaps ask about yeah. that item of clothing. So let's just stop doing that to each other moving forward. But if you're in that situation now, um, I think, first of all, you if you do talk about this challenge and you do talk about your interest in simplifying, that will help guide people in terms of what to get you for a gift. I think you can even be open about not wanting gifts at all if that is what you want. That doesn't necessarily stop the inflow completely, but you're welcome to talk about it and be open about it. And then if it keeps going or you get a gift that you don't want to keep, I think you're free to pass it on. I, I think that you can just donate it, return it, whatever feels okay to you without really worrying about any obligation you have to the gift giver, because I think we've even talked about this before, like the, that gift exchange yep. almost has nothing to do with the thing. It's really about the exchange itself and the connection and the intention behind it. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't remember any gifts that I got a year ago, for instance, and probably by a couple months after the holidays, you kind of forget who gave you what and where it came from, but you remember what you spent and now you're left with these things that you might not want or need in your life. And I think you have to do what's best for you in that case. And we have talked a little bit about this before when it comes to, you know, and Joshua Becker, our, our friend Joshua, he put on Facebook not too long ago, actually, uh, the idea of like when gifts come out, like give experiences, not things, right? Like my, you know, my daughter's going to uh, a Harry Styles concert. 
as a result of her Christmas gift. She's going to remember that forever. She's not going to remember how I bought her a Harry Styles hoodie per se. Right. Uh, you know, that will just add up besides she, she tends to steal both my wife and my clothes now anyway, now that she's a teenager. So, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we need Maybe that's the rule that needs to be expanded upon is okay. We need to have 33 items plus an additional five or six in case Grace steals them. That you can rotate them. Yeah, exactly. Yourselves. <laughs> exactly. Um, this, the timing of the release of this book is, is, um, spot on in a lot of ways because people are thinking about spring cleaning right now. So if somebody's going to sit back and say, Hey, you know what? I'm picking up the book. It's time for me to get, you know, to kind of clear the clutter and, you know, embrace a bit more simplicity, not just in my closet, but in my life, I'm going to start my closet. Where, where do they begin? Like what, how do they, how do they make the, how do they make this work so that they have momentum? Cause I know that, that it's, it's a, it can be a multi-step process, but you have to give it the time and attention it deserves in order for it to really, really take hold. I think it might be simpler than, than you think for the first three months at least because I designed it so that you can experience simplicity without completely simplifying your life. And that just means that when you start this challenge and you find your 33 items, you don't have to get rid of everything. You don't have to figure out where to donate things, where to sell things, how to store things, nothing like that. Basically, all you're doing is creating this 33-item you know, capsule wardrobe and then hiding everything else. So it just all goes in boxes and gets put under the bed or in your garage or in your attic or wherever you won't see it for three months because this really interesting thing happens when we separate from our stuff. We care about it way less. We're much less attached to it emotionally. I mean, it's shocking to me how much emotion is held in our clothes and our connection to that. And, and that's what makes it so hard to let go and make those decisions about what to do with it. But if you separate yourself from it for three months and revisit it after those three months, then you can make these decisions without like this really heavy weight about oh, I spent too much on that. So-and-so gave this to me. I wear this because I want people to think of me as powerful or sexy or smart or whatever reason you're wearing your clothes. Uh, that separation really helps. So I say make it as simple as possible for yourself. And the book kind of walks through step-by-step step in terms of how to make the right lists and pick the items without a lot of headache and heartache. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on a couple more things before we wrap up. Uh, depending on where you live, I think that it, it plays a role in the seasonal element of this. And I, I for me, because uh, I live in a part of the world that doesn't actually, contrary to popular belief, we don't really have, you know, like spring, summer, fall, winter. It's more like spring, warmer spring, uh, <laughs> fall colder fall. Like we don't get a lot of snow, but when, but when the summer hits, it's not like, it's going to be blazing hot either. Uh, I you have to, you should, I, I mean, for me, I only do this twice, maybe three times a year now because of that. I, I think that's something that people need to look at as well, right? Definitely. And that's why it's important to really focus on those first three months as just those first three months. Right. And not worry about what's going to happen later because afterwards you can kind of gauge, you know, the weather situation. I live in a four season state. So, there are things that I need that are different every season, although not like I don't swap out the entire 33 items. I might only swap out a couple of pieces or maybe mm -hmm. 
half of them, depending on where we are during the year. Uh, but it's designed to accommodate weather shifts within those three months. So for instance, I might start like this season that we're in now as we're recording for me is fall and we started and it was really warm and by the end in december it's going to be really cold it's actually really cold now right but there's some things that i'll wear right in the beginning and right at the end and not in between at all right so almost like a mini like like for me if i was going to stick strictly to the three element of the 33 items uh you know when spring shifts to summer um, that would be maybe a marginal change, not as many things moving up. But if I'm moving from, say, summer to fall, that would be like more of a radical shift. Right. Or if you live somewhere where it's the same temperature all year long, after the three months, you may decide on one wardrobe that works better, that is, you know, has more than 33 items, but that you're not swapping wardrobes in and out of your closet. Right. What about... Um, what about the idea of the sentimentality that some people have attached to certain items of clothing? So for example, they know that maybe this, this, uh, this piece of clothing, they love to wear it all the time or, but they have, it doesn't really fit into the, they know in their heart of hearts that it's not something that they, I mean, I, I mean, we we're talking about my t-shirts and stuff earlier. Like there's certain <laughs> shirts where I'm like, uh, you know what, this is not really serving me anymore. I should probably, but I want to hold on to it. Like, what about that sentimentality? We, which we, I know we've touched, touched on before when we've chatted, but l can, we, can we dive into that a little bit? I mean, if you're loving it and wearing it every day, great. But if you just love it and you don't wear it, then take a picture of yourself in it and then let it go. Uh, I think then you can preserve the memory without having to deal with the actual thing and moving it around and, and thinking about it and giving it your attention. Chances are you're never going to look at that picture again, but it is a step to help you let go. Mm -hmm. With that emotional connection that we're talking about, I think more often than not, it goes in the other direction though. So it's not, oh, but I love this. It's more like that thing makes me sad or that thing makes me feel guilty or this thing makes me feel bad about myself. But we don't really register that until it's all out of the closet. And so meanwhile, every morning, we're just kind of picking the same thing over and over again. Because honestly, even if you have 100 items in your closet, you are wearing the same few pieces over and over again. You may even be doing Project 333 for the most part already. Right. But you have to face all of those, you know, ah, uh, I spent so much on that. Those mm -hmm. shoes hurt my feet. I wore this thing to a really sad occasion. Whatever it is, that, that stuff is weighing on you day after day after day. But when it's gone, you notice this lightness and it's removing those items that trigger those negative emotions that aren't helpful. I mean, it's not like it's they're propelling you to be better or do better in any sense of the imagination. They're just making you feel a little crappy every day. As we get close to wrapping up, I want to offer a suggestion. And you and I have talked about this part before is people who are saying there's no way I can just get by on 33 items of clothing. There's zero way. Now, I'll share really quickly a tip that I learned a long time ago from Lifehacker back when I really read Lifehacker. One of the things that they did was they suggested that when you do, when you, when you want to see how often you're wearing clothes, because we have this mindset that goes, oh no, I wear that all the time, but often we it's not true. So whenever I do this, I will hang my clothes up, but I'll put the open part of the hanger 
facing out. And then when I wear it for the first time, I flip it. So then the hanger, the, 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 the solid part of the hook is now facing out. So then when I'm ready to do my next go round, I go, oh, wait a minute, these four things that I thought I wore, I didn't wear at all because so I, I can avoid trick my brain tricking me into thinking that I wore these things, which has been really helpful when I've been doing this because my brain said, oh, no, no, I wear that. I wear that shirt a lot. And then it's like, no, yeah, I didn't wear it at all. So that helps me make decisions around Project 333. What are some other tips that you can kind of uh, share with people to help them make this make these decisions and get past that bias of, oh no, I, there's no way I can get by on 33 articles of clothing. Well, it's a challenge. So a challenge should make you think that I could mm -hmm. never do that, or this is going to be hard or whatever it is that you're going to think. And this is, I think, part of the way that project 333 goes way beyond clothes and hangers and fashion. When I think I could never do that, I think, Oh my gosh, I'm on to something. Like ne my never statements, those always lead to something amazing. So now when I think of something or hear something, I think, oh, I could never do that. As soon as I hear the word never go through my mind, I just pause and kind of pull back and think, wait, but what would happen if I did do it? Mm. I, like nobody's grading you. So even if you do it imperfectly, and I hope you do, um, because there's no prize for doing this challenge perfectly. <laughs> Uh, it, it just helps you be more open to things that can improve your life. Um, so yeah, if you think you can't do it or you could never do it, it sounds like it's a great challenge for you. Right. Absolutely. This is, this is great, Courtney. I'm really excited that this book is, is coming out because, uh, uh, this is one of the things that whenever I've talked to people about like, oh, you know, how, like, are you a minimalist? Like, what do you think about minimalism? Like, I think there's really strong benefits to living a simpler life. Um, and I said, this is, honestly, this is the place I started, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, adopting that. Uh, Project 333, the minimalist fashion challenge that proves less really is so much more. Where can people pick up the book and where can people keep up with your work as well? Well, hopefully you can find the book anywhere you'd like at local bookstores or online. Um, definitely if you're in one of the cities that I'm visiting throughout spring 2020, I hope that we can meet in real life and you can get a book there. And then to uh, connect with me, either my website, bemorewithless.com or Instagram at bemorewithless. Courtney, thanks for joining me once again on the Productivity is Podcast. Thanks, Mike.